One of the things that stops small business owners from creating marketing content consistently is this feeling of being uninspired, of having no idea what to say in the first place. If you can relate to this, you are in good company. So many of us struggle with knowing what our marketing content should actually be about. But I am here to help. I have come up with 100 prompts that you can use to guide your marketing from your social media posts to your emails to your longer form content. I guarantee that these prompts will get you inspired and that you'll have more ideas than you even know what to do with. You can download this list of 100 marketing prompts for free at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100 prompts. That's makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100-P-R-O-M-P-T-S. Welcome back to Making Good, the podcast for small businesses who want to make a big impact. I'm your host, Lauren Tilden, and this is episode 115. It's been a while, but today we're doing a marketing Q&A episode. I'll be answering five questions that I received to my poll in my Instagram stories. We are covering everything from improving your marketing, handling fear, the most effective marketing platforms, time, and perfectionism. Okay, so let's just dive right in. The first question is, how do I get over the fear of putting myself and my face in front of my business? This is such a great question, and I want to answer it in two parts. First, I'll talk about why I think it's so important that you put yourself and guests, even your face, into your marketing, and then we'll tackle that fear part. So first, why should we all seriously consider putting ourselves into our marketing? My answer to this is because people connect with people. We build relationships with people, and we become loyal to people. This is especially true for small businesses. Part of the reason that customers are shopping with us is because we're a small business, because we're not the big mass manufactured corporate anonymous option. So reminding people of the human behind your business is really important. Sharing about you as a person and yes, even showing your face is something that helps build the know, like, and trust factors that are so important to marketing. When people know, like, and trust us, they are so much more likely to feel confident making a purchase with us. You can take my word for it, or you can look at the data. For most of us, our best performing content is the stuff that has a photo of us in it, or that includes some personal details and insights from us. Look at your marketing insights, whether that's on social media, email, or another platform. And I would wager that some of your best performing content, the stuff that gets the most engagements and response is about you and might even feature a photo of you. Of course, I want you to be safe about this. I hope it goes without saying that you shouldn't share your physical address or anything personal that doesn't feel safe to share. One bonus tip here on this topic is to get really, really specific. For example, instead of saying that you like to relax by watching TV, say you can find me watching back-to-back episodes of Murder, She Wrote or Spring Baking Championship. Both of these convey essentially the same things that you like to relax by watching TV But getting specific gives people the chance to have something really unique in common with you. If the reader doesn't love one of those TV shows, cool, that's fine. But if they do, they're going to feel more connected with you, even in just a tiny way. So that's why I argue you should show your face and share about you as a person in your marketing. Now let's get directly to this question, which gets at the heart of something so many of us experience. And that is, how do we face the fear of putting ourselves and our faces out there? The truth is, it's scary to put yourself or your products or something you personally made out into the world for other people to react to. Let's talk about Instagram stories, for example. 
When I show my face or talk to the camera on Instagram stories, a lot of things go through my mind. Like, oh, that is really not a flattering angle. Why did I say that? What is some random person from high school or college going to think when they see this? I should really go put some makeup on, etc. You might have similar thoughts when you put your products out there. Like, this is so amateur. Why would anyone buy this? Other people's products look so much better. This is a really crappy photo, etc. The fact is, the mental conversation inside of our heads can be seriously negative and just mean. So what do I do about it? I'm afraid you're probably not going to like this answer, but the best way that I have found to handle the fear that goes alongside putting yourself out there is simply to let it be there. In the beginning, when I felt these kinds of feelings or fear, I took that to mean that I wasn't ready yet, that maybe I needed to learn more to get better before I could go and put myself out there. Because the fact that I was feeling the fear, I thought must be a sign that I wasn't quite ready. And I'm going to be honest, this held me back for a long time. I held myself back from putting things out into the world so much because I let my fear run the show and I took it to be the truth. But one of the most revolutionary things I probably have ever done in my business is decide that the fear could be there and that I could take action anyway. I could post the Instagram stories of my face, even if fear told me I sounded and looked silly. I could share videos of my work, even if fear told me that other people were better than I was and more talented. I could share my expertise, even if fear tried to convince me that I wasn't qualified. These days, I've come to see fear as a signal that I'm probably on the right track. It shows me that I'm doing things outside of my comfort zone, which I know is where the best things happen. I'm constantly working on taking action, even and especially in the presence of fear, and I would encourage you to do the same. Question number two, what's the most effective marketing option besides email? Okay, I love this question because the question asker, hi Holly, has definitely been paying attention to my obsession with email marketing. So for anyone new to the podcast, let's first start with why I believe so, so strongly in email marketing. The truth is that the data shows email marketing to be more effective than any other marketing platform. With email marketing, for example, we get a better reach by four to five times that of social media, and we see a much higher return on investment. While I'm not suggesting that email marketing needs to be or even should be the entirety of your whole marketing strategy, it's definitely something that I would recommend you prioritize no matter who you are. If you're listening to this and you're thinking, yeah, 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 but I don't think email marketing is a good fit for my particular business because my business is different. Let's chat, DM me over on Instagram, and let's talk it out to see if I agree. But going back to Holly's question, what is the most effective marketing option besides email? I'm not going to answer this question with a list of the most effective social media platforms or snazzy new marketing tricks. Instead, I'm going to give you an answer that you'll probably find pretty annoying, and that is it depends. What does it depend on? It depends on two things. First, it depends on what your marketing goals are. In other words, what do you want your marketing to do for you? Different marketing platforms are good for different things. So looking at your specific goals and strategies will help you narrow down the best things to focus on when it comes to marketing. For example, let's say that you have a good number of customers, but you don't tend to see very many repeat buyers. And you think that that's a big opportunity for you when it comes to increasing your sales. In that case, I would focus on strategies geared toward providing a stellar customer experience and strengthening your relationship with your existing buyers. This is going to look like email marketing, one-on-one conversations in the DMs, special campaigns just for your buyers, expressing your gratitude in different ways, 
following up after purchase, etc. On the other hand, if you're focused more on reaching more new people, I would look at strategies that are specifically geared toward getting discovered by new people. These are things like long-form content, like blogs, podcasts, and videos, SEO, Pinterest, uh, collaborations, and PR. And which of these works best for you? You definitely don't want to try to do everything, but which of these works best for you? You're going to want to make this decision based on who your ideal customer is, which brings us to my second point. Who is your ideal customer? The better you know your ideal customer, the better decisions you're going to be able to make when it comes to marketing and what marketing activities make most sense for you. When you know your ideal customer, you know how best to connect with them. You know what platforms they love and what platforms they hate. You know when and where they show up and what they're looking for. For example, if you're trying to select a social media platform that you're going to invest your time and effort into, and I would recommend that you stick with one or two, three at the most, then you want to make that decision based on how your ideal customer uses social media, what platform she uses, how and when she shows up there, etc. So in sum, the most effective marketing besides email is going to be different for everyone. And the best way to answer that question for yourself is to get really clear on what your goals are and who your ideal customer is. Question number three is, what if I don't feel like I have enough time to do everything I want to do for marketing? This is such a good one. Look, I'm a marketer. I love marketing. I think it's one of the most powerful tools that any business or cause has at their disposal to help them make a bigger impact. However, there's one thing that I find really annoying about marketing, and it is this. With marketing, you never arrive. You never check everything off your list and feel like, okay, I did marketing. Let's move on. It is never ending. When it comes to marketing, we could always be doing more. This is true for every single business on the planet, no matter how many resources they have. So the reality is it's very, very likely that you're going to be in the position of wanting to do more than you have the time and bandwidth to do. If you're experiencing this feeling of not having enough time and bandwidth, welcome to the club. The important thing is to acknowledge that you don't have enough time for everything you might want to do and then make decisions about where to focus your time. The critical step that not enough of us actually take is that step of acknowledging our limits so that we can prioritize what to do within our limits. I tell members of my membership program to get super, super specific about their bandwidth to the point where they define exactly how many hours they have available each week to spend on marketing. If you struggle with overcommitting and having way more on your marketing to-do list than you have time for, I would recommend that you do exactly this. Ask yourself in an average week, how many hours can I devote to marketing? Keep that number top of mind as you move on to the next stage. Now, we're going to make sure that our marketing activities we've committed to easily can fit within that number of hours per week. We we want to prioritize all of the things we want to do when it comes to marketing. I'd recommend that you make a list of everything currently on your marketing to-do list and get super specific about what needs to be done each week. For example, don't write Instagram write two Instagram feed posts, one reel and three Instagram stories or whatever it is that you want to do for Instagram. Don't write email marketing, write send one marketing email per week or whatever it is you want to do with email. After you've listed everything out, estimate how much time each item would take you per week in hours. My guess is that you're going to find that the list of things you think you should be doing per week takes a lot more hours than you actually have allocated for marketing. So this means we need to scale back and prioritize the most important and most impactful activities. And how do we know which one of these tasks to prioritize? By going back to our goals. 
Ask yourself, what is your number one or your number one and two most important goals for the year? Looking at those goals, ask yourself, which of these marketing activities on this list are most in service of that goal? Which of these are most likely to move me in the direction of making progress toward my goal? Choose your top priorities, make sure they fit within the allocated number of hours per week, and stick with that for the month. You can always reevaluate when the next month comes along, but I cannot wait for you to experience the peace of mind that comes with knowing you're doing the things that matter the most and are most likely to move the needle. Question number four, how do I handle perfectionism? To answer this question, I'm going to actually share an excerpt from an episode of the private podcast I have in my membership program. If you remember, this is the episode from January 7th. Here is the excerpt. If you've ever had a job interview before, chances are pretty good that you've come across the questions, what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses? I remember feeling like a really smart answer to the what are your strengths question was to say, I'm a perfectionist because I thought it was mostly a strength and that spoke to someone's attention to detail and how much they cared about the quality of their work. While I have come to see that that was definitely a story I was telling myself as someone who was and in some ways still is a perfectionist. While aiming for quality is a strength, perfectionism most certainly is not. Because of perfectionism, I've spent a lot of my life holding back, not putting things out into the world, not sharing my work, and not showing up fully. Overall, not taking action because I didn't feel like things were quite right yet or I wasn't quite ready yet. But here's the interesting thing about perfectionism. The only way to get better at things, in other words, to get closer to perfect, quote unquote perfect, is to do the thing imperfectly over and over again, to possibly even be pretty bad at it first, but to still do it repeatedly over and over again until little by little we get better. I've come to see that there is absolutely no place for perfectionism in the life of a small business owner who wants to get results and see growth because being a small business owner is all about taking action imperfectly. It's all about trying brand new things all the time. When you run your own business, in the beginning at least, you have a lot of job titles from product designer to marketer to finance to systems to customer service. You will be doing a lot of things that you've never done before, which means you might not be good at them yet. But the only way to get good at them, to get more capable and skilled at things, is by doing them imperfectly. This concept is perhaps the most true and relevant when it comes to marketing, because marketing is a creative process. Oftentimes we'll have a marketing campaign or a piece of content in mind, but then when we try to create it, when we write the email or create the graphic, it just doesn't come out like we had visualized. So then we have a choice. We can decide we're not good at marketing and we're just not going to put anything out there, or we can do our best in the moment, put it out into the world day after day and week after week until all of a sudden the things that we're creating look a lot closer to that ideal we had in our heads originally. So that is the excerpt from the private podcast episode about perfectionism. I hope that is helpful in giving you an idea of how to approach it. We are going to wrap up this Q&A session with a question that I really loved, and that is question number five. What are the top three things we should be doing right now to improve our marketing? I have to say the answers to this question came really very immediately to me, and I still stand by them. So I think if you focus on these three things, you will be setting yourself up for a lot of marketing success. The first thing to do is to really get to know your ideal customer. We've touched on this a little bit, but the reality is that there is no one-size-fits-all marketing solution. Every single business is different, and therefore every marketing plan will be different. 
I would argue that the single most important thing that any of us can do to improve our marketing is to really get to know our ideal customer. We want to know as much about them as we possibly can, how they shop, where they shop, where they spend their time online, what keeps them up at night, what their ambitions are, what their values are, on and on and on. You might be wondering, okay, well, how do I get the answers to these questions? There are many ways. You can do Instagram stories, polls, if you feel like a lot of your followers represent your ideal customer. You can do a survey that you send to people who represent your ideal customer. You can pay attention to the questions you're getting asked by people who represent your ideal customer. And you can do what are called ideal customer avatar interviews, where you literally get someone on the phone or a Zoom call or maybe even in person who is an example of your ideal customer, and then you get them to answer as many questions as you possibly can to help you get to know them better. Getting to know your ideal customer really, really well will make all of your marketing better. It will help you learn how to show up in the right places. It will help you create products and offers that your ideal customer actually wants, and it will help you write content that resonates and really speaks to your people. I also want to say that this work of getting to know your ideal customer is ongoing. It's not something that you check off your list one time and then you're done with forever. As time goes on, we'll get to know our ideal customer better and better and our approach will change and that's okay. Just do the best you can at this point and continue finding ways to learn more about them. The second thing that I would suggest you do to improve your marketing is to get crystal clear on your goals and to make sure that they're mapped to your actions. So this, I think, is a huge opportunity for many small business owners. It might sound simple and straightforward, but the fact is that different marketing activities help us do different things. We need to get strategic about what is most important to us at this particular moment so that we can narrowly focus our efforts on activities that will move us toward that goal. For example, if you're focused this year on increasing your sales that come from wholesale accounts, it wouldn't make a lot of sense to spend 95% of your time hanging out on Instagram, and just 5% of your time focusing on your wholesale program, reaching out to and nurturing your wholesale customers. One thing I would add here is to make sure that you don't have 500 things on your list of goals. I would recommend having one, two, maybe three at the absolute most so that you can really focus in on those and start to make progress. The third thing I would suggest is to show up consistently. This one is the hardest. Consistency is so, so difficult. Why? Because consistency means continuing to do the work on days that we're not seeing results or progress coming in, continuing to send emails, even when for a while they might not seem to be doing anything, continuing to post reels, even when they're not getting any traction, continuing to send wholesale outreach emails, even when we're not getting responses and on and on and on. Marketing success doesn't come from the one time post on a fluke that did super well. It comes from showing up consistently day in and day out, doing activities you know will move you toward your goals, even if you can't see the results in the short term. So there you have my answers to five of the listener submitted questions I received on Instagram. If you want to get in on asking questions for the next time around, make sure you're following me over on Instagram so that I see your questions. Okay, so that's what I have for you today. You can find the show notes from this episode at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 115. Did you like this Q&A style episode? Let me know on Instagram by messaging me over at Lauren Tilden. That's L-A-U-R-E-N-T-I-L-D-E-N. Before I wrap up, I can't help but throw in a plug for my membership program, Making Good Happen, because this is so up my alley. Making Good Happen tackles topics like the ones we discussed here in this episode every single day. 
you have the opportunity to ask me questions as well as ask questions of the over 60 other members of the program. There is a daily private podcast, co-working sessions, accountability, events, marketing training, and incredible community, and so much more. Get the details at makinggoodhappen.co. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be so grateful for your support. Here are three ways that you can support Making Good. First, I would be honored if you would leave a review and rating in your favorite podcast player to tell me what you got out of this podcast. If you have a friend you think would enjoy the podcast, you can send them the link. And finally, take a screenshot of your podcast player while you're listening and tag me on social media at Lauren Tilden, L-A-U-R-E-N-T-I-L-D-E-N. I would love to cheer you on. Thank you for being here and for focusing on making a difference with your small business. Talk to you next time.